0: A Bible reading this morning comes to us from 1 Corinthians 13, the whole chapter, and it's entitled The Way of Love, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongue, in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of of these is love. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Text verses 1 to 3 if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, but and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burnt, but I have not love, I gain nothing beloved to the lord jesus christ how important is love you will all agree that that this is a central topic of the bible it's so easy to say love changes everything and i think there's even a song about it but do we understand love right why do you love someone Why did you marry your sweetheart, grew old with him or her? Even when they are getting grumpy, why are you taking care of one another? Is it love? It certainly is. And we need to understand this because so many get love wrong. When you say you will love someone because you can get something in return. It's not love. But egotistical self-interest. What is love? John 15 verse 13, our Lord and Saviour described love as follow it, as follows. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. This is true love, self-sacrificing love, love that will last, and the more excellent way that Paul described in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. If you can recall last week's sermon, and even if you were not here, the Apostle Paul was teaching the congregation about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, speaking in tongues and other gifts. And the congregation was becoming conceited, saying we are better Christians than those who cannot speak in tongues. And Paul said, no, if you have the gift of faith and confess that Jesus is Lord, you have the most important gift. To be a believer is not about experiences, not about prophecies, not about speaking in tongues, not about my own agenda and what I achieve in my life. Not about who I like as a pastor or preacher, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 12. But if I want to ask the question of whether I am, a f- I am following Jesus in word and deed, then it starts with Jesus. Jesus. The recognition of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And from that, the love of God and your neighbor. And it's only through the work of the Holy Spirit who testifies about Jesus as our Lord and Savior. If I love Jesus and honor Him as my Lord and my Savior, I will also love my neighbor and maintain the unity of Christ's body, His church. And I can know I'm alive. This is the reason why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the question this morning, do I love Jesus and do I follow him in word and deed? Paul told that no one could say Jesus is Lord and by implication live in Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. And this is the greatest gift we can have. This is why we are church. This is why we are here this morning. Get it as one body. And when I confess Jesus is Lord, I will also look through the eyes of Jesus to my brother and sister in love. I will be hurt if someone is hurt, and I will have equal concern for one another. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is on it, every part rejoices with it. I attended a conference of our sister churches, the Presbyterian Church of Eastern Australia, the week, last week. And one of their ministers were deposed the saddest thing that can come and happen to a whole congregation, to a whole denomination. The people were broken. But it was necessary because of love. We should love God more. But this is how we are broken as a congregation and as a denomination and can be broken when one part suffers. And so Paul explained that unity And a congregation complements love. Love is more important than my own needs or to boast about the gifts I have. When gifts are not inspired by the love of your fellow member, it is useless. And if you go back to our Bible reading, Paul used the word if seven times in our passage. Where spiritual gift is not inspired by love for the persons who are the recipient of that, the exercise of that gift is futile, since it fails to build that person up. And when you take care of the genuine needs of a person beyond yourself in a sacrificing love, you understand the more and the excellent way of love when you act in a self-sacrificing way beyond your own needs, then you understand the love that Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians 13. This love, Jesus said, is the willingness to die for your friends. Do you love in this way? This is the way of love. This is how God loved us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much that He gave His only Son so that we could be free, have eternal life. He gave His Son to die, to be alone on the cross so that we could be saved from hate, anger, and retaliation. And this is how God loved the world that hated him, that still hates him, that slandered his name, misused his name, the world that worship idols. And Jesus loved us, giving his own life for his friends. Christ was willing to love us, to act as a mediator for our sins, to reconcile us with God, and only because of Jesus we are forgiven. First Peter 3 verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit." And God, in His mercy, restored us into His service through Jesus Christ. He took our sins upon Himself on the cursed cross. And Christ satisfied God's justice and the penalty of sin temporarily and eternally. And on the cross, the Son of God bore the righteous judgment of sin. But He also obtained the forgiving grace of God. And this is what Jesus Christ did for us. This is how God loved us. Because of His great love and desire for us to be reconciled to God, He paid the ultimate price for us. First Peter one verse eighteen. Again, the question: Do you love like this? This is the more an excellent way. This is the way of love. This is how we should love. As God's congregation in a self-sacrificing way. To build one another up in unity. Because unity as a congregation is so important. We one in body, one in spirit. So Jesus said, John 13 verse 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one Another, But you would say this is not possible. Just look at the world. People are falling out of love the whole time. One in five divorces. Why do so many marriages fail? But also the lonely people. Why do we find so many people desperate to find someone who will love, who will love them? Maybe we understand love wrong. How should we love? Genuine, deep-seated, constant, self-sacrificing love for one, other, one another is the trade of the Christian. In this love, we are the first to forgive, the first willing to, be, to serve, the first who greets, welcoming congregation. The first who smiles. Do we still smile as a congregation? The first to make peace. This is love. Do we love in the same way as Jesus? This is the question that should keep us busy every moment of our life. And it's also a question that churches, denomination and believers must ask if they want to be relevant and act as salt and light in the world. This is the love that Paul describes. And if you don't have this love, it's futile. Holy Spirit says, Paul says. And then Paul used examples to explain the true meaning of self-sacrificing love. Let us go back to our Bible reading in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul said in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And we've already talked about speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 12. We will a bit more in 1 Corinthians 14. There was no doubt that it was a wonderful gift given to the first generation churches. And the ability to do this was compared to the dialect of the angels. But Paul said that even when you can speak in tongues, and have the gift to proclaim the gospel to people in their own language, because this is what speaking in tongues is, there should always be a, an interpreter, then you do it for your own interest. Not to God's glory and to love your neighbor. And if you're doing it for your own interest, that people say how oh, good you are, you are but a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. The Corinthians knew exactly what Paul meant. Corinth was known for its bronzes and symbols, and symbols were used in the heathen temples before they became believers. And when you speak in tongues and become conceited and say, I am a better Christian because I have this gift, it's worthless it's no more than a return to the metallic noises of the godless temples from which the members have been converted this also includes prophecy the faith to move mountains what is a prophet? a prophet explains God's word give through what God tells us to do and we're all prophets, priests and kings in the office of our Lord Jesus Christ. So prophets receive knowledge about the mysteries of God to explain his word through the Holy Spirit. But if it's not done in the upbuilding of God's congregation and self-centered, it's futile. When the word is preached to a congregation, it should be about God. So says the Lord to the congregation. And it's never about the preacher. And if it's about the preacher, and how good a preacher is, then it's futile. It's not love. Even with faith that can move mountains, and Paul did not mean faith that responds to the gospel and acknowledge Jesus as, as our Lord and Savior, but rather faith to do the impossible. And such faith was a gift comfort to others in a first-generation church, but it was rendered useless if it was not done in a self-sacrificing way to build a congregation in unity. And he says this includes selling all your possessions and giving them to the poor and even delivering your body to be burned. Even if you're a martyr willing to die, but it's self-seeking. It's rendered worthless. But how can this be worthless and self seeking? The answer is clear. When you seek the glory and say, Look how good a Christian I am, I'm delivering my body, I'm selling all my goods, then I'm little more than the Pharisee that Jesus told us about. Then it's not done in love, but rather to promote your own agenda. Establish your own legacy, your own person. This is not self-sacrificing love where you glorify the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ did not love like this. Ephesians 5, described how Jesus lived and died. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Expected nothing in return. Oppressed, quiet. And so Paul made it clear what love we should possess. Let's go to verses 4 to 7. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things. Hope all things endures all things. There's something wonderful to see in these verses. Paul appears to be speaking if love is a person. And love is a person, he means in these verses. Love is Jesus Christ. Love is God. Paul is speaking and preaching about Jesus, who is love personified. Jesus is the way of love. That's the key of 1 Corinthians 13. And so Paul said, Jesus is patient, does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. And he implied God is patient, kind, and slow to anger. And this is exactly who God is. Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Paul preached the word of God. Jesus is also kind. Psalm 34 verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is kind, it can be also translated. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And so patience and kindness are qualities of God, according to Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to let you to? repentance. And so Paul asks, do you want to know the way of love? Love that will last. Do you need to know the way, the truth, and the life? And he tells us this is Jesus. He is the way of love. He endured the cross for our sake. The way of love is Jesus who gave his life up for his friends. John 15. And so you see that to be a believer is not experience, it's not about prophecies. But if you want to ask the question whether you are a believer, whether you love someone, it starts with the recognition of Christ. It starts with the recognition of Christ in your marriage, your relationship, where you love God above all and your neighbor as yourself. If I love Christ and honor Him as the Lord and my only Savior, then I will so- serve God above all. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Think about Jesus. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I am the way, the life, and the truth. Jesus is love. And so the Greek word... That was used here. It's a "agape." That's the biblical word for love, self-sacrificing love. Greek is a wonderful language that also describes other kinds of love, like the love between a man and a woman, also the love between friends, philia and eros. But Paul used a "agape." This love can change everything. This is the love that you need to seek in your marriage, your relationships, in a congregation. This is the love that's described in 1 Corinthians 13. And in this love we should build one another up. So it's so clear because sometimes we're getting in fights with one another. With people as well. I don't like that guy. I don't like this one. I will only talk to that one. What should we do? We should seek a more, an excellent way, the way of love. Seek Jesus. Remember how he loved us. When Jesus was in agony on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And in God's love, he gave his son so that we could be free and have everything gave his son to die, to be alone on the cross, that we can be saved from hate, anger, and retaliation, schisms, so that there can be unity. Do you want to save your marriage? That relationship that is broken? Let Jesus be the way. The number one priority. The example in your marriage and your relationship of how to love one another Are you unhappy about the way you are treated? Remember how Jesus washed his disciples' feet in John 13, how he acted as a servant, the king of all kings. And so 1 Corinthians is about Jesus. What a life of a Christian should look like, his love and this love we should act. Paul is not merely suggesting that we should put others first. It calls us in verses 8 to 13 to love others sacrificially because Jesus is our Redeemer. This is what Jesus did. And he assures us that love never ends, verse 8. So Paul says, and it's quite interesting, all things will pass, prophecies will pass away, speaking in tongues will cease, but when the perfect comes, that means when Jesus returns, Our knowledge of God will be perfect. When the perfect comes, we shall know God as we have been known by God. We shall love God as we have been loved by God perfectly. Then we will understand and know. Now we see as in a mirror dimly because of sin that distorted God's image in me. But when Jesus comes, we will see perfectly, know perfectly, and love perfectly. And so Paul concluded the chapter with the words. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love. Why is love greater than open and faith? Faith and hope, you would all agree, are immensely important as we are to believe the word. As we need to put our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ as our only Lord and Savior. But love is the greatest because love is who God is. Father, Son, and Spirit. Love has been the motive for all the actions of God. Love is the motive why we have been saved. The basis of our relationship with Him. Love is different from faith and hope. Because love will carry on in all eternity when we will live with God. This is what Paul says. Why love will remain, but faith and hope will be no more. We will be perfect. There will be no sin. So the reason of hope will cease. We have Jesus. We will have full fellowship with God, seeing God every day, in full fellowship, live with Him constantly. So faith will cease, but love will remain. I want to conclude. If we want to live in Jesus' love, we will never perish. Because such a love will never fail. For the Holy Spirit, we can live and follow the example of Christ, be obedient to God's words and a forgiving love, a love that does not envy, a love that does not boast, a love that's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Sometimes we say, yeah, I will forgive but not forget. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. That truth is Jesus. It always protects. That's also the good name of your brother and sister. Always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. In the love of Jesus Christ, who is love, we are willing to die for God and our neighbor in love as Jesus did. And through the love of Christ, the way of love, the only way of love, and through the Holy Spirit, that what is broken can be made whole again. Even broken relationships, marriages, broken people. Through Jesus we can be people unified in the more excellent way. A person who is controlled by the Spirit of God and serves as Christ served. Love, says Christ's love, will love God above all. And his neighbor as himself. And he and she will care for others in true love. I want to conclude. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father. You taught us through your spirit what love is. And you are love. You merciful. Great. You show the greatest love to us by giving your son. This is how you loved us. You gave us the answer of love. Jesus Christ. And your love became visible on Golgotha. Where we could see our Lord Jesus Christ crucified. For my sins. Father I come before you. I so easily keep records. Of people. Who hurt me. But you forgave me. And taught us to forgive. As you forgave us. Father we know that in love. All those records can be destroyed. We pray Lord that you will lead us in your love. Through your spirit. So that we can be your people, unified in faith, confessing and proclaiming our Lord Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. Be with your church here in Black's Land, that we can be bearers of the gospel, bearers of love and showing love and kindness to one another and to the world outside and a self sacrificing love in Jesus name Amen